clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? I'm going to say that Matt Nagy finally stops being so darn stubborn and names Mitchell Trubisky the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears against the Green Bay Packers, and he is going to come in and rush for 65-plus yards and a score against my Green Bay Packers on Sunday Night Football in a loss. You know, I half expected that sucker to pick the bears after that (laughs) welcome into simultaneous catch folks i am your singular host for the day adam jeffrey rossi we talked a little bit in the past month or so wanting to give us each an opportunity to have our own show where we're the singular host challenge us a little bit and you know work on the producing aspect and just being the only only talent on air so yeah welcome into the show I don't know Mitch Trubisky's exact stats, but I'm going to go ahead and say that that probably didn't happen. Um, so Mitch Trubisky was named the starter. He did play. I don't see here's the thing. I don't think he played as poorly as a lot of people may have thought that he played. But I really think that I really think that this Bears team is kind of kind of done now i mean they've mitch did throw three touchdowns uh he also had two interceptions he only had 10 rushing yards though i just finally pulled up those stats but yeah and not every quarterback on thanksgiving had two touchdowns Uh, alex smith only had one and matt stafford also only had one unfortunately surprise of the week honestly for me was how well the Houston Texans played, and that leads us into the first news segment of the show. We're going to talk about Matt Patricia finally being fired in Detroit. Three seasons 
with the Lions, a win percentage of .314. Uh, in contrast to Jim Caldwell, who they fired before hiring Matt Patricia, who was with the Lions for four seasons and had a win percentage over 500, so it's 563, and two playoff appearances. So, I mean... We talk a lot about the a lot of a lot of teams make this move where they have a coach who has been successful and has you know been good get get, get gets the team in contention you know maybe wins a playoff game and gets to the playoffs uh, but they're looking for that push they're looking for that that coach or that piece that's going to push them over the edge and they make this move and a lot of times it doesn't work you see Detroit did this and it it didn't work they they were unable to get over that hump and and be you know, a Super Bowl contending team like they thought they had with Jim Caldwell. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, it, it doesn't always go bad. I feel like more often than not it does. But you also look at a team in Tennessee where, you know, they fired their head coach after winning a playoff game against the Chiefs with Marcus Mariota, uh, Mike Malarkey, and hiring Mike Rabel. And then they go to the AFC title game last year and they're – you know, leading their division this year, so we they try to make you try to make this move every now and then because every team is looking to win the Super Bowl every year, and obviously you have your teams like the Jets who clearly aren't making the Super Bowl, but every team wants to win every year, whether whether you're rebuilding or not. Every team wants that, and you have these teams that have been middling for so long that need a spark if you will and now we're, we're looking at Detroit and Detroit might be blowing the whole thing up it's, it's fascinating to me how quickly that happens I mean I think that I think Detroit's not really I don't want to say a bad team obviously my one of my bold predictions at the beginning of the year was that they would make the playoffs I thought that they had a nice roster uh, offensively they're still pretty good obviously Kenny, Kenny Galladay's missed about five weeks now and he really opens up that offense a lot for Matt Stafford uh, and then obviously DeAndre Swift dealing with the con- concussion as well. It's just it's hard to win in this league, and even teams that have have decent rosters can't do it if they don't have the guy at the helm. So, so we'll see what happens with Detroit here. I really think that if you get a a, a good solid leader in that locker room, I do think that this this is a team that can contend with people. Obviously, they still need some pieces on defense because their defense has just gotten worse and worse. And that, I mean, that's what Matt Patricia's mo was supposed to be. And then you have a guy like Deshaun Watson who just shredded him. But speaking of Deshaun Watson, let's talk about him for a second because my my good old pal, uh, Mister Lapping, who was his his birthday this week. So we're giving him his birthday week off. It'll be my birthday week next week, and I'll get the birthday week off. Uh, so, yeah, he made the prediction that it would be Deshaun Watson's best year statistically, and, oh, boy, is it. I mean, it's it's just more and more proof that wins are not a quarterback stat. And, you know, we talk about it a lot. And even even when we're picking games, we're like, he doesn't win the big games and stuff. And, I, and even then, you sometimes forget that you can be a great quarterback and just not have pieces around you. And Deshaun Watson, so Deshaun Watson since week five is first in the NFL in touchdown passes with 18. First with passing yards were 2,109. Third in completion percentage at 71%. And fourth in total QBR, uh, 81, which is out of 100. And that's pretty darn good. Uh, He's doing it better than almost everybody 
in the league right now. Uh, Deshaun Watson accounts for 88% of the Texans' offense this season. 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions since week six. It's just he is so good and so talented. And I think that it's a shame and it's a crime that he has been stuck in Houston I don't want to say stuck in Houston because obviously they had a couple of good seasons and obviously they, I mean, they were up 24 nothing against the uh, eventual Super Bowl champs last year and didn't get it done. But it's just a shame that his young career isn't going to be seen or put on par with Patrick Mahomes's because Mahomes obviously won MVP and then won the Super Bowl. But I truly believe, and call me crazy, don't call me crazy, that Deshaun Watson is just as talented, just as good as Patrick Mahomes. And the only reason, the only reason that we're not talking about him on par with that, or at least the general national media are talking about him on par with that, is because of the team and franchise around him. Now, I think that Speaking of Kansas City and Houston, I think that the Houston Texans should rush to Eric Bieniemy's house and say, sign this contract, be our head coach. Because Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, they, they, everybody on that Chiefs offense talks about, and in the organization, talks about how good Eric Bieniemy is, how smart he is, uh, how he's a leader of men, and I just think that you need a guy who's going to come in there and work with what Deshaun does best and what Deshaun does well, and I, I don't know, I don't know if the next person comes in and decides, okay, we're going to build this from the ground up and hopefully we can do it with Deshaun alongside of us. So if they're like, you know, we're just going to reload here. We're going to grab a couple pieces and go because there are a lot of pieces on this team. I mean, J.J. Watt is still a huge part of this defense and he's actually having a pretty good season. Uh, they have other defensive pieces, Whitney Merciless. I mean, they, they have uh, other pieces and obviously on offense, Will Fuller being suspended for the rest of the season, and I think one game for next season for uh, performance-enhancing drugs. I, I I don't know what the future of him is, but he was having a, a career season staying healthy. Who's to say what had an effect on that or not? You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna delve into that uh, super deep because I I certainly lack some some knowledge on that. I don't like to speak on things that I don't know, but I still they have Brandon Cooks and. Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, Kiki QT, uh, David Johnson, who's actually was playing pretty well before he got injured. I think he's coming back from injury this week or next week. So we'll see what happens with this team. But I really think that this team is capable, if they get the right guy at the helm, of reloading. I really think that they're capable of snagging some pieces in free agency and having a good solid draft and being ready to go. Now, it really hurts them that they don't have their first-round pick. They gave it up to Miami for in the Laramie Tunsil deal. So, I mean, they, they they don't have a lot of draft capital to fully build through a draft. Uh, so they would really have to sit through a year or two, maybe even more, of being mediocre to bad if they really wanted to strip this whole thing down and just build up capital and and play. So and, and play through it until that they can, you know, do sort of the Miami thing. Obviously, Miami is ahead of schedule being 7-4, and four, but it, it, to do something like that takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of capital through the draft and in your cap that, that 
that Houston simply doesn't have. Excuse me. So I think that it's going to be really fascinating to follow to follow this team in the future. But like I said, Deshaun Watson, just as good as Pat Mahomes in my mind. Uh, I just think that he needs to get the right unit around him, and I hope that he gets that this next offseason. Uh, and then obviously, just to wrap it up on Detroit, like I said, you, we'll see what type of what type of uh, organization or what type of organizational moves that they want to make. Whether they want a young coach who's gonna, you know, maybe they jettison Matt Stafford away and just strip the whole thing down and, and, and go from there. Maybe you keep a guy like DeAndre Swift who's been pretty good, or even Kenny Galladay, or maybe you ship off that them as well. But 13, 29, and one in three seasons with with the Lions. Matt Patricia, and this is a, a crazy stat. Matt Patricia could win 24 straight games and still have a worse win percentage than Jim Caldwell did with the Detroit Lions. So, makes you think. It makes you think. All right, so let's get into the main event for today. So I was trying to think of something that I could do that would be fun that I wouldn't need Josh around for. Uh, so it's going to be my opinions and obviously my my thoughts, but what we're going to do here is we're going to do Adam's top 10 teams right now. So I'm going to give you right now heading into week 13, I think, heading into week 13 uh, or week 12, I don't know. Regardless, so we are going to do my top 10 teams right now. So uh, I, I love when I love making lists in life in general, and Josh and I have obviously made our, our lists before on the show, but I'm going to go 10 to 1, top 10 teams in the NFL right now. Starting off at number 10, we're going to go Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, uh, I don't know what <laughs> – I honestly don't know what – most casual fans think of the Buccaneers. I know, obviously, in the offseason, they were the darlings of getting Tom Brady and then, you know, getting Leonard Fournette and Gronk coming out of retirement and then them signing Antonio Brown late in the season. And then there's Mike Evans there and Chris Godwin there and Cameron Bray had a good season. And they just, there were all these pieces around them and they were the dream team on the coaching staff with Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich, a upcoming offensive coordinator, Todd Bowles, who's obviously was a head coach at one point with the, with the Jets the last time that they were any good. And so, I mean, this team was, was tailor-made for every person to pick them to win the Super Bowl, and a lot of people did. But they've lost a, a handful of games recently. They're now 7-5, and five, uh, probably out of shooting distance of the division lead, although they're only – two games back that New Orleans beaten them twice so it's just it's hard, it's hard to imagine them them taking that but I I legitimately want to leave them out of the top 10 because I don't but I I don't personally think that they are a top 10 team now 10 to 15 they're probably somewhere in there but I I I'm trying to take my bias out of it because obviously I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan of all, at all, really. But he's still having a great season, 64.8 completion percentage, uh, 3,300 yards, 28 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. He's had more interceptions lately uh, than he started off the year with. Uh, and sacked 16 times. I, I think that, uh, I think that the book on Tom Brady is almost finished we know we certainly know how to play him 
and teams have shown that you know you get that pressure up the middle. He's a, a Tom Brady's a mobile quarterback, not in the way that obviously Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson are. He's not going to run anywhere, but he Tom Brady's really good at negotiating the pocket. We've talked about this multiple times, but Tom Brady is very good at those small shifts in, in and out of the pocket to to give himself that extra second or two to throw the ball. He really is. But when you can really pressure Tom Brady, I mean, really get pressure on him. He goes down and he makes mistakes, and he's obviously 43 years old. He just he's not the player that he used to be, but he still can get it done. So, I, I, out of respect for Tom Brady, I'm going to to put them at 10. Uh, Ronald Jones, the running back, is uh, 23 year old running back, is having one of, not one of he's having his best season with 820 rushing yards, five touchdowns, uh, almost 200 receiving yards and a touchdown. I, I, he, he leads the backfield and touches with 189. Leonard Fournette only has 97 compared to that, so uh, doubled the amount. There was a lot of talk about this backfield with them of signing Leonard Fournette and having Ronald Jones and then drafting Keyshawn Vaughn in the third round and even picking up LaShawn McCoy. People don't realize LaShawn McCoy is on this roster. <laughs> like LaShawn McCoy plays for this team. So I, out of respect for for Tom and for these weapons, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna put them put them at ten. Now there's there's still number three uh, in the league in in team offense. So. They still get it done. They still score with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown has actually been pretty decent. And the 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 reason that they've fallen so far for me is they're now fifteenth in total defense. Now they were in top ten, top five through most of the season. In the last couple of weeks, they have just dropped off. Like they 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 have they have simply not been what they were to start the season and I don't know if that's just due to different competition or or what it is but their defense has fallen off and and I don't I don't know what happens to a Tom Brady team where Tom Brady has to be the one that carries them now I just don't think he's that guy anymore we'll certainly see what happens uh they're in a position to make the playoffs so we'll see what that first round matchup is but if you're going to get a, a team that that can pressure tom brady right up that middle uh he's going to struggle and it's and it's shown so far in the season so let's go to number nine number nine uh i'm gonna put the cleveland browns right here i think that uh if you put cleveland against Tampa bay today obviously my my prediction of of baker mayfield having a better statistical season than tom brady doesn't look so great right now because Brady, obviously, I just had 28 to 11 touchdown interception ratio. Baker Mayfield, 17 to 7. So, not crazy, but obviously, Don Brady's having the, the, the better season so far with a, a healthy 1,000-yard uh, lead on him as well. But I think that if, if Cleveland played Tampa Bay today, Cleveland would beat them pretty, pretty handily because I think that the Cleveland Browns get really great pressure on opposing quarterbacks they rush they rush the passer they get uh they get to the quarterback now their their team they're 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 number one in rushing in the nfl right now they they're their number one rushing offense so they legitimately excuse me no they pound the football and they run 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 with 
two of the best running backs in the NFL, certainly the best tandem uh, in Kareem Hunt with 706 yards with four touchdowns and Nick Chubb, 719 yards and six touchdowns. And he missed multiple weeks, I think seven weeks, or not seven weeks, five weeks. Uh, so he's coming on real strong in his return to the team. And this duo, this duo of Hunt and Chubb, uh, if 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 people aren't gonna find a way to stop them, then the Browns are gonna do a lot more than they're expected to. They're they're gonna make the playoffs. Uh, they only have to win one more game for Josh and I's bet to be to be over with. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty confident about that. But uh, they're they're gonna. I fully believe they're they're gonna be in the playoffs. And we'll see what that first round matchup is. A lot of these teams, uh, a lot of these teams, excuse me, coming into the season or coming into the end of the season, are, it's all going to be matchup based for the for the playoffs. If they, if the if the Browns get a team that is going to stuff the run and force Baker to win games, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. But if they face a team that can't stop the run and they're just going to run, 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 and then uh, play action doesn't necessarily need a good run game to be good, but it certainly is far more dangerous when you do have a good rushing attack because you're even more afraid of that. But legitimately, this team this team can make a lot, a lot of hay. And then you, you look on the defensive side, obviously, Miles Garrett having an incredible season, and we, you know he's missed a couple of games. But while wow, we talked about him in the MVP convert or not MVP conversation, but uh, defensive player of the year conversation with the amount of forced fumbles he's had, the fumble recoveries, uh, ten sacks, uh, fourteen quarterback hits. I mean, he just he is all over the place on this defense, and they also have some really good. Other pieces, young pieces. I mean, Denzel Ward, twenty-three years old. Uh, obviously, Miles Garrett's twenty-five years old. But they have other. They have a lot of pieces. And then even you're talking about ve- some some veteran leadership. Malcolm Smith, the once Super Bowl MVP, there to add depth at the linebacker position. Uh, B.J. Goodson, uh, a- Andrew Sandejo, uh, and then obviously in the secondary with Terrence Mitchell and Denzel Ward, like I mentioned. Uh, Carl Joseph, Ronnie Harrison. I mean, they they have, they've got some pieces here um, on this defense. Uh, I didn't even mention Mac Wilson, who I love, and uh, Olivier Vernon, who won me a league in in fantasy. We're at, we have an IDP league. Uh, he had three sacks the other day. It was was pretty awesome. But yes, uh, Cleveland coming in at number nine. Uh, I like this team a lot. I don't know if I I think that my belief in this team has stayed consistent throughout the year i've never i've never thought that they were a super bowl contender but i've never thought that they were the team that got crushed by uh, the the ravens week one i've always just some somewhere in the healthy middle they're a very very solid team uh, a well-coached team i think kevin Stefanski's done a great job so we'll put them in on number nine here and then we'll move on so we're gonna go to our second nfc team the los angeles rams the team that i picked to win the Super Bowl this year, or decided to pick them to win, pick them to go. But uh, I feel pretty okay with that right now. Obviously, the loss to the 49ers last week is tough, but the 49ers have had Sean McVay and the Rams number pretty much Sean McVay's entire tenure. Uh, and they lost earlier this year 
to them and people jumped off the bandwagon then and then they went on a win streak and looked like one of the better teams in the NFL again. I just think that that's just a really bad matchup for the Rams and Sean McVay and there aren't a lot of teams that play that style of football the way that Robert Sala on that defense and and Kyle Shanahan in that offense play. so And they almost won that game. They came back, and, and they had that chance at the end there to win it. So I, I believe a lot in the in the Los Angeles Rams still. Obviously, Jared Goff has struggled uh, recently. Uh, I can't deny that. Their, their offense has really dropped off. It's now ranked 20th in total offense in the NFL. So I, so I get why some people have, have jumped off of that. I totally get it. Um, but their defense is still one of the best in the NFL, number four ranked, and their defense gets after it. And you want to talk about Miles Garrett being defensive player of the year candidate. Aaron Donald's always a defensive player of the year candidate. He's always he's always in that range. He's won two awards uh, already in his career. Uh, only 29 years old, but he also he has the same amount of forced fumbles and fumble recoveries, 10 sacks. Uh, quarterback hits 21. Uh, I'd be surprised if that wasn't leading the league. I mean, he's just he he's always in the backfield. He's always wreaking havoc on a team. Uh, and they also have a, a, all kinds of talent in the secondary as well with Jalen Ramsey leading the way. I just I think that this team is poised to make a run here. Uh, and I mean, we'll, we'll take a look at their schedule here and what their upcoming games are. Let me move over to their schedule here. So, like I said, they they lost to the 49ers earlier in the season. Uh, it was a Sunday night game. And then they beat the Bears, the Seahawks, and the, and the Bucks uh, in response to that. So they have the Cardinals this week in Arizona. That's, that's a big game. Uh, New England Patriots at home. Not an easy game, but I, I, I like that for them. Then they have the Jets, the Seahawks, who they were already beaten, and the Cardinals again. So it, we're going to learn a lot about this team, but I'm not going to be surprised if they go. How many games left? One, two, three, four. There's five games left. I'm not going to be surprised if they're four and one, three and two. I really – and that puts them at 10 or 11 wins, and that puts them in the in the playoffs. I don't know if that puts them in uh, – in the division lead conversation. Obviously, Seattle's going to have a lot to say about that, and they have another matchup coming up with them. They did beat them uh, 23-16 last time they, they played, uh, two weeks ago, I believe. And that's good for them, obviously, to have that first game. So we'll see how this plays out. But I feel really good about where Los Angeles is with, you know, obviously, like I said, their offense has dropped off. They haven't been able to find you know, a lead guy in the backfield there. Henderson seemed like it was for, for a while. Uh, they started off with Malcolm Brown in the field, and then Cam Akers just had his best career game last week. So so we'll see if one of these guys can take hold or if they can all, you know, shoulder the, a little bit of the load. Um, but I believe I believe in Jared Goff. Obviously, he struggled a little bit lately, but when you got guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in the receiving game, I just... I really think that I really think that this is a, this is this is the type of the team that has enough talent to be competitive no matter what, and the coach to put them over the edge because I really believe in Sean McVay. So Los Angeles coming in at what did I say eight? Yep, coming in at eight. So at number seven, we've got the Tennessee Titans. Number seven, Tennessee Titans. So th- this is this is an, uh, a fascinating team to talk about for sure. Now Tennessee is a team that I famously have championed for a while. Uh, 
even last year. And I have kind of fallen off the, the wagon this year. Uh, they, they've been they've been kind of confusing for me. I haven't been able to really figure them out. Obviously, they started uh, 5-0, and uh, even beating by Buffalo Bills. Uh, and then their last win in that 5-0 and run was in overtime against the Houston Texans in a great matchup. But then they lost to the Steelers. Okay. And then they lost to the Bengals. Tough. Although Joe Burrow, rookie sensation. Uh, we wish him well. We hope he has a speed of recovery. And then it was like, okay, who are the Titans? You know, wh- what do we believe about them? And then they won in a slugfest against the Chicago Bears, and they really dominated them. It ended up being 24-17, but I don't think that game was nearly as close as, as the score turned out to be. But they really manhandled the, the Bears. Uh, and then they got, got beat up by the Colts. And then they and this is this is where I really started to turn around here on the on the Titans. These last two weeks, uh, these last two Sundays, overtime win against the Baltimore Ravens, thirty twenty four, big huge win, and then a pretty pretty decisive victory over the Indianapolis Colts, who had beaten them not just two weeks earlier. So now they're sitting at eight and three here. Uh, they split the division. Uh, bat right now the person battling them the most for the division lead in the Indianapolis Colts. They split them. And looking at the schedule coming into the end of the season, the, the, the Browns game is huge uh, this week. And then you've got Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay, another tough game, and then Houston at the end of the season. So this team could be 12, 13 wins if they really – obviously I'm not going to pick them to – 13 wins because I don't think they're going to go 5-0. and But legitimately, we're looking at anywhere between – I think their floor is probably 11 wins and their ceiling is 13. I really could see it happening. So I like Tennessee a lot. Ryan Tannehill has been very, very good for this team to stabilize them. It's fascinating to see, you know, such a believer in Marcus Mariota for most of his career. And then the second they get a stabilizing presence at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, they're incredible. Uh, they're 8-3 and three this year with him. He's 23 touchdowns, four interceptions, excellent. 65% completion percentage, awesome. Uh, he's just he's just been solid and consistent for them the whole way. And then, of course, you've got the Yeti himself, Derrick Henry, Uh 1,300 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's just a monster. Uh, I've said it many times, my favorite running back in the NFL. I just love the way that he just runs with such power and decisiveness. And my favorite thing about Derrick Henry, and it still gets me to this day, is when you watch him run and you're like, wait a minute, why is he outrunning defensive backs? He's just he's so much faster than you think he is. It's just because he's six foot three. He's an absolute monster. Uh, it just catches you off guard when he when he gets going. Uh, and then another impressive thing about this team is the the receiving options for them. I mean, have been awesome. AJ Brown out of Old Miss. We talked about it during that draft process last year. It was Josh's favorite receiver, and I talked about how much I liked DK Metcalf as well. Uh, and Josh said that you know AJ Brown. He was like, I believe in him a lot more. And uh, one of my Josh has been very accountable to himself about about the DK Metcalf thing, admitting that he was wrong, but like happy that it was because the the young man you know put his head down and worked hard. Uh, and A.J. Brown has done the same. A.J. Brown right now, 638 yards, eight touchdowns. And then I don't want to say the surprise, but like the 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 serendipitous 
uh, accident that is Corey Davis having a great year, 620 yards, three to only three touchdowns as opposed to the eight. But Corey Davis has also been very good, and I, you see what happens when you have a quarterback who is is going to run the offense that the way that you want the offense to be run. A lot of people are high on on Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, and Mike Rabel has this team playing their best football right now, and this is the exact time where you want that to happen. This is where you want to start your run, rack up a handful of wins here to finish the season, and go into the playoffs strong. They're they're angry about how last season ended. They they were up two different times by 10 points against the eventual Super Bowl excuse me, eventual Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, that makes you think. That that makes you think, what if? And maybe people wouldn't have wanted to see, you know, Titans 49ers in the Super Bowl. I certainly would have loved it. But this team, this team is dangerous, and I would watch out. I would watch out for this team heading forward. Uh, they're in the top 10 in offense. They're number six ranked offense. Uh, number two rushing offense right behind Cleveland Browns, and they they they're ranked lower on defense. They're they're nineteenth, but they're like they're they're a very good situational defense. If you if you watch a lot of Tennessee games, they're they're kind of like uh, end of Pat's dynasty Pat's defense. Not like the last two years of there where they were like the one or two defense. They're more like in the, like middle to end Pat's defense where it was like. They weren't dominating every week where people were only scoring three or ten points. Uh, they were giving up some points, but it was when things counted, they stood up in the red zone. End of game situational football. They're really great at that. And obviously Mike Vrabel coming from that New England coaching tree certainly brings that to them. So so I have Tennessee at seven. I, I think they're a very good team. They're solid. They're well coached. They're well rounded. Uh, they do everything very good. Uh, so... Uh, Tennessee coming in at seven. Number six, the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I've been really iffy on Seattle because to start the season off, obviously, Let Russ Cook was running rampant over every social media platform. People were going nuts. And obviously, he was my preseason MVP. I think he's fallen off a lot in the last couple of weeks. But so to start the season, it was Russ cooking and their defense making a stop or two when they needed to, uh, a la week two against the Patriots where Cam Newton had a career day against them and then they got down to the half-yard line and they made the play they needed to win the game. Uh, they did it a couple times this season. But then their defense was really bad. And then they got crushed by multiple different teams. And so they, uh, they went, I think they started 5-0 and too. Yeah, they started 5-0, and they went to the bye week. Then this is what happened. And the four games after their bye week, they went 1-3. They lost a tough one in overtime to the Cardinals in a wild game. Still, I think, my game of the year. Awesome game. Uh, then they beat the 49ers, but then they got manhandled by Buffalo and pretty well stifled by that Los Angeles Rams defense. So they went 1-3 after starting 5-0. and And that's when I was like, okay, I don't think Seattle's that 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 team that, that can do it this year. And then they made the move, or, or so they made the move a couple of weeks ago, but th- then they figured it out on defense with the Carlos Dunlap trade. And then Jamal Adams came back. And since the two of them have gotten back, Together on the on this defense, this defense has gotten healthier. Seattle leading the league in sacks with 19 and 47 pressures since getting them both back on the field. 
that's the key to this team, folks. That that is the key to this team. Russ is going to cook when Russ needs to cook. Uh, Chris Carson coming back. How awesome was that touchdown run last week? So awesome. So legitimately, their offense is going to get it done. Okay, Russ is going to cook. 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 70% completion percentage, 3,200 yards. Russ is going to get it done. They're going to get done when they need to on the ground. Chris Carson, obviously his numbers are down. He still has four touchdowns in the season. But coming back from injury, and they have Carlos Hyde, who looked pretty decent in in relief of him. Uh, DJ Dallas, their, their rookie running back, looked good at times as well. Uh, and then, I mean, I don't really need to talk about the, the, how great this receiving core is, but DK Metcalf leading the league now in yardage with 1,039, cracked it, uh, 17.9 yards of reception, and then Tyler Lockett with 771 yards. So, they they've got they've got the weapons on offense to get it done. This team I, I believe this team can put up thirty anytime that they want. I believe that. What the key to this team is Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap. This team with Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, uh, Trey Flowers, Quandre Diggs, Shaquille Griffin. Like th- that's where this team is going to win or lose this season. Uh, they they are either going to ride. The combo of Russ cooking and this concoction on defense where they get their 19 sacks and 47 pressures since Adams and Dunlap have have reunited on the field together to the Super Bowl. They're either going to ride that or they're not going to get it done because they're going to face – I mean, they could, they could probably get through – I mean, the NFC is interesting. They could probably get through a lot of the NFC uh, without – too much of that defense, but if they if they're going to meet a team like the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they're not going to win that game unless they can pressure the quarterback. And now a lot of people can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs; they're that good. But uh, they have a the, C, the Seahawks have a have a decently favorable schedule to to end the season. They're going to face both New York teams coming up here, the Giants and then the Jets. Okay, they should should win those two games. Uh, then you're sitting at 10 wins with your last three games being at Washington, home for L.A., the Rams, uh, and then at San Francisco. So this team's going to be in a really nice position to win the division, but that that Rams game there on December 27th is really going to be the deciding factor, I think, for this division. It's going to be between those two teams that that Sunday in, in, in three or four weeks to decide the division, but but I have them at number six right now because of how much they've improved on defense in the last couple of weeks. So you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to look at the uh, you're not gonna be able to look at the defensive standings and, and be surprised about it, right? They're, on the season, they're still 26. Uh, but if you look at if you look at the last couple of weeks uh, in, the, in the last handful of time, like I said, since Carlos Dunlap and Jamal Adams, this team has had its stars. Uh, they've been very good. Uh, and very good when it counts. Uh, and there's st- the offense still number four on the season. So so watch out for Seattle and watch out for that late push from Russell for MVP. Now, we're going to get into the top five. Here we go. Drum roll, please. If Josh were here, he would have done a drum roll for me. Don't call me a homer, the Buffalo Bills. Now, obviously I wanted to put them higher because they're my team and I want them to be higher. Uh, the reason that I didn't put them any higher is because right now, this week, if they played any of the four teams above them, 
I would pick the four teams above them to beat them. Uh, so that's why I have them at number five. I I think that this team this this team has a lot of uh, not, doesn't have a lot of variance to them uh, in terms of I I think their floor is very high. They're well coached. Sean McDermott's great. Uh, Brian Dable is going to get interviews for a ton of positions uh, this offseason. He's done a great job with Josh Allen in this offense. Excuse me, pardon me. And I would have said the same about Leslie Frazier. Obviously, our defense has been shaky at times this year. And so I think that Leslie will probably stay on. But this coaching staff is very good. Uh, So just imagine this. Their expected win-loss this season, coming into the season, was like – five or six wins that's what a lot that that's what that's what this uh what my uh pro football reference thing says so the, <laughs> they're such a they're such an odd team because so many people that follow football thought okay buffalo's gonna win this division they're the, you know they're the most talented team uh and they're gonna win it and then so many other people were like nope it's buffalo they're gonna bu- they're gonna be buffalo uh new england just got cam they're gonna be great and Voila, that's it. So it's just it, it. It's hard to be a Bills fan sometimes because you feel like you are the only person seeing how good your team is, and then other times you are fully aware that you're projecting your fandom onto your analysis, and your there's the sum is not equal to their parts sort of deal. So, but I think I think I just at Buffalo in the last. Okay, let's just – this is why I have Buffalo at five, okay? Josh Allen playing great, playing great football. Had a, has had a couple of uh, couple of duds in, a, in the last couple of weeks. Uh, peppered him with some also great performances, but he still got 3,000 yards in the season, 68.8% completion percentage, something that every analyst across the board said he would never be able to do in his career. Uh, 22 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, so he's cutting down turnovers. Love that. Great. Uh, and then on offense with receiving, Stephon Diggs, second in the NFL, 945 uh, receiving yards, uh, 80 catches. Uh, John Brown being injured hurts. It really does. We need him back healthy. But Cole Beasley having a great season with 700 yards, almost 60 receptions. The rookie Gabe Davis, who I loved out of UCF, uh, coming on strong. And then uh, Moss and Singletary in the backfield as a tandem uh, playing playing much better in the last couple of weeks. So the key to this team is similar to Seattle, really. I think that they're very, very similar teams. Uh, mobile quarterbacks uh, who can get it done with their feet and their arm. Uh, a bevy of backs in the backfield who can combo together to be good. And then and a solid duo to trio of receivers. I mean, that's that's really what it is. And then their defense is the question mark. And we thought, at least I did, and I think a lot of people did too, that our defense has been so good the last two or three seasons, and we added pieces. I mean, obviously, we lost Star, Ludulele, uh, Lutulele, however you want to pronounce it, um, to COVID. He opted out of the season. Uh, he has a condition, and he didn't want to – put his family in danger totally respect it i think that he's the kind of he's the kind of player who if you're if you don't watch a lot of football you don't or or if when you watch football you're only watching where the ball goes and you're not watching other positions and things like that that you will never notice the impact that 
a player like Star has where he's eating up double teams, sometimes double teams and another guy chipping on him uh, in the middle so that other guys can can work. And, you know, I really thought Harrison Phillips would be that kind of guy or Ed Oliver would be that kind of guy. And Ed Oliver is having, also having a better season than, than people would credit him for. Um, but they haven't been quite the consistent presence that Star, Star has been in his career. But uh, that's going to be the key to this team's success. This team's going to make the playoffs. Probably going to win the division, although the way it shakes out, I'm actually not going to be. I actually expect, uh, expect there's a high possibility of that week 17 against Miami to come into play uh, for the division. It just depends on how Miami finishes out their last five weeks. They obviously have a game against Kansas City coming up. It's going to be really tough, but it's going to come down to this team's playoff success is going to be hinged entirely on the defense because I expect Josh Allen to show up. I expect this offense to to be able to put up 25, 30 points if they need to. It's going to be can this defense hold a team under 20 uh, or even under 25 or 30 if the offense can put that up. But in the last five games, Buffalo has 10 takeaways, 10 takeaways total in the season in the fourth quarter, which is both number one in the NFL. So, this defense very bend but don't break and that isn't always great but a lot of teams have gotten to the Super Bowl and won that way because of that now I'm not picking Buffalo to go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl it's just that's not what I'm saying but I'm saying that if this team can play like that if this defense can do that for this for this Buffalo Bills squad in 2020 then this team can make a run in the playoffs and they can do that and i will not be shocked by it but this defense has to show up and play like they have the last couple of weeks now justin herbert went over 300 yards against us a big part of that was a 50 yard hail mary which is you know you want to talk about our most glaring weakness might be the hail mary play because of kyler murray to d hop and then uh justin herbert to i don't even know johnson for for 50 yards at the end of that game there but one of our better defensive performances last week uh uh, obviously we need a guy like matt milano to come back healthy outside linebacker young that you pair we're pairing him with tremaine Edmonds, and i think has one of the best linebacker duos in the nfl tremaine's having a great year then obviously our secondary, which has been our bread and butter during this run with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, one of the best safety tandems in the league. And obviously we just re-signed Jadavious White to a huge contract. So this is, a, this is a team that can make a lot of noise in the playoffs, but we our defense has to play consistent and they have to turn the ball over like they have and, and work on shutting down teams' strength a little bit better. But I, I believe in them and I think they deserve to be at number five. Okay, I won't. Uh, I won't keep uh, going on a diatribe about the Buffalo Bills. All right, number four. Here we go. Number four, the New Orleans Saints. What? They're at number four, Adam. Number four. How they won eight straight? They have. They're nine and two. Uh, Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott. Sean Payton uh, paving the way for this team. Nine and two. The starting quarterback right now, Taysom Hill, has won two straight, and they're gonna go into Atlanta this Sunday, and it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. Uh, let's see if Taysom Hill can throw his first career touchdown pass. Something that shocked Josh and I when we talked about it, they said he hasn't thrown his first career touchdown pass, which was 
so shocking to me. I, I just would have assumed he did. But uh, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray in the backfield, uh, Taysom Hill running the football, has got five rushing touchdowns. Uh, there's not a lot of in-depth analysis I'm to do about this team because they're just good everywhere. One of the best defenses in the NFL as well. Uh, they're, they're top five in offense, and I think they're top five in defense as well. Yep, they're, they're top five in offense and defense. Uh, they're that good. Uh, I don't think there's any other. Let me look at this. There's not an. Yep. There's not another team in the NFL. Other. So yeah. There's not another team in the NFL that is top five in both sides of the football. And the Saints are top five in both sides of the football. Now, that would lead a lot of people to pick them as the number one team. But where I am a little bit weary about this team is at the quarterback position. Love Taysom Hill. Love the story of Taysom Hill. Love that Sean Payton didn't lie to us about Taysom Hill. A lot of co- a lot of coaches will do this where they'll be like, you know, we believe in Taysom. They, I think he called him. He was like, he's Steve Young and all this stuff. And we're like, yeah, 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 okay. And they signed him to a three-year contract. And it was like, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, and then Jameis, when Breeze went down in the game, finished that game. And we're like, what's going on? It's going to be Jameis, right? And then Taysom was named a starter. And we're like, what's going on? And obviously – They've won two straight, and their offense has looked really good. So I, I love that we weren't lied to about him. Sean believes in him, and he's a good player. Do I think he's the quarterback that can lead them to a Super Bowl? I don't know. And when you are in the playoffs or in, when you get to the, an NFC championship game, you have to be able to confidently answer that question to be the team that does it. You can't. You, you cannot win games in the NFL – when you aren't going to confidently say that's the guy that's going to do it for us. And I know that Drew Brees probably is back by the time that they're in the playoff run, but I still have that question about the quarterback position if he's under center, seeing how much he's regressed this year. I mean, I nobody loves Drew Brees more than the simultaneous catch co-hosts, which Josh and I love. Drew Brees have both read his book a couple of times. Uh, he has a signed jersey from him, and like I like I said, he just we we love we love Drew Brees, and he still has a great touchdown interception ratio on the season, eighteen to three. Like he he takes care of the football. Um, it's just and he's seventy three point five percent completion percentage. It's just gonna come down to can he make that final drive when teams are taking away the dump off to Alvin Kamara. Now, obviously, there are times this season where teams aren't able to take away the dump off to Alvin Kamara. I get that. Uh, but I have question marks about that, and that's what I would be worried about. Now, they're still number four, like I said, top five in offense and defense. But these three teams that I have above them, I think would beat them. So that leads me to our number three team, the Green Bay Packers. Now, for... There might be a lot of people that roll their eyes at this, and there might be people who are like, oh, what? Aaron Rodgers is the only person right now, and I had mentioned Russell Wilson possibly making a push right now. I don't think he's in the conversation right now, but you know, anything can happen in the last five weeks in the NFL. We know this. Right now, the only other person that should be in the, deserves to be in the conversation with Pat Mahomes for MVP is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's been sensational. 68.5% completion percentage, 3,100 yards, 33 touchdowns, four picks. Just coming off a week where he threw four touchdowns and no picks against what a lot of people are saying is one of the best defenses of the NFL in the Chicago Bears. Everybody told you to sit Aaron Rodgers in fantasy football, and he's like, ha, watch this. This whole season has been ha, watch this. 
for Aaron Rodgers. He is a madman, and he's been so good, and this team is one of the scariest in the NFL. Now, they have lost a handful of games where it's been like, ah, really? You guys are going to lose that game? Uh, because early on in the season, I was like, they're the best team in the NFL. And and there are still days where I fully believe that. Now, the overtime loss against Indy really hurt them. Uh, Indy's a very good team, though. Uh, this is a top 10 list, and they're not on it, but they would probably be at 11 or 12 for me. Like, they were the team that I would probably have put at 10 uh, had I not put Tampa Bay in there, and that's what I was fighting about. But I gave the edge to, to Tom Brady over Phillip Rivers. But So the overtime loss to them is tough. Uh but they've been three and one in their last four games. Uh, they beat San Francisco, uh, and I, I just and then obviously they started four and zero. They they beat the New Orleans Saints uh, in a very good game, thirty seven thirty. That was you know I think that was a Sunday night game. I think it was. Um, but I believe in this offense with Aaron Jones, uh, Jamal Williams in the backfield. Obviously, like I said, Aaron Rodgers, and you know. It's been the talk has been that they took Jordan Love instead of receiver. Uh, Devontae Adams is in is in the top five in receiving yardage after missing what three games, four games. I mean, it's it's nuts. He's got eleven touchdowns, uh, and then guys that have stepped up: Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Robert Tunyon, the tight end. Uh, it's just they they have weapons on this team that a lot of fans aren't going to know about or at least know their names and Aaron Rodgers at the helm I'll take anybody I'll take anybody um uh in that like you, you give me give me five NFL caliber receivers and I'll still take Aaron Rodgers to to lead them to to the promised land um yeah I they're they're ranked number 1 in offense they're they're ranked as the number 1 offense in the NFL right now and I just, they can do it so many ways. Matt LaFleur has done such a good job with this team. And I talked about it when they got hired. It was my favorite hire. I really thought that they would be a nice combo together. And they have been, they've been very good. So Green Bay at three. Uh, number two, Pittsburgh Steelers, 11-0, Mike Tomlin. Now, the reason that I have them at two and not one is I want to see them there are three games that I want to see. I want to see them at Buffalo on December 13th, which you see in two weeks. I want to see them against the Colts in week 16 and then in Cleveland at the end of the season. Those are the three games I want to see to decide for me. I mean, I'd love for them to play Kansas City, but those are the three games I want I want from them. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is obviously number one. Uh, they've, they've allowed under 200 points the whole season, which is nuts compared to so the worst team in the league right now in defense uh, has allowed 359 points, and that's the that's the Dallas Cowboys. So they've allowed half of that almost. So uh, the Pittsburgh's defense is so good; uh, they get turnovers, they get to the quarterback. Uh, they're just they're they're everything you need. And then their offense, run by Big Ben, obviously we knew that they'd be good coming back. They were eight and eight without him, and then. He comes back, and now they're this. 25 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, 2,800 yards. You talk about James Conner in the backfield, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane as spells. Uh, Chase Claypool, rookie sensation, is sweeping the nation. 600 yards and 8 touchdowns. Uh, and then Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington. I mean, I want to hire the guy who 
who drafts receivers for Pittsburgh. That, I just want him on my team for whatever. I mean, the, he's just he's, he's incredible. Uh, so and Mike Tomlin at the helm. Uh, this team is very, very, very good. Um, they're the number two team in the NFL. But if they played in an AFC title game right now, I would still pick the Kansas City Chiefs, who are my number one team in the NFL. This is this is an, this is an eye roll of a pick. We know. We get it. Patrick Mahomes, 30 touchdowns, two picks. He's my MVP right now. Like I said, the only person pushing him right now is Aaron Rodgers. Um, right now, I think a lot of people would still pick Pat Mahomes. But I think that's more because people love the the shiny toy uh, as opposed to the, to the old guy. But I think they're both playing just as well. And... Their 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 team's just been better overall. Uh, they're ten and one. Uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, great. Steve Spagnuolo running the defense, great. Uh, they're they're on a roll here. They lost to the that 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 odd game, forty to thirty two against the Raiders, and then they've won one, two, three, four, five, six straight. And next up, they've got the Broncos at Miami, at New Orleans, Atlanta, and then the Chargers. So. Uh, the, the that road trip right there uh, on Sunday the thirteenth and then Sunday the twentieth uh, at Miami at New Orleans, two huge games for them. We're gonna see learn a lot about this team in those two weeks. Um, but they're still the best team in the NFL for me. They've got all these weapons. Obviously, like I said, Pat Mahomes and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who's been kind of on and off all season. He has some really great games and some eh, games. Uh, and they got Le'Veon Bell back there, Darren Williams, uh, Darwin Thompson, seen some action. And then obviously receiving yardage, the fantasy football killer himself, Tyreek Hill. <laughs> um, I lied earlier when I said DK was the only one over 1,000. Tyreek also went over 1,000 because he had about 1,000 in that game with 13 touchdowns uh, to boot. So this team's got everything that you need. they got everything that you want. They are number two in offense right behind the Green Bay Packers and number six in defense. So... I said that the Saints were the only team to be in the top five in both, and they are. That's true, but Kansas City is right outside of it, uh, being number two on offense and number number six on defense. So I just I, I don't see a real weakness from this team, and and that's why that's why I gotta gotta pick them as as the number one team in the NFL. So there you have it. There's Adams' top ten teams in the NFL right now. Go ahead and, and fight me over them because I'm probably wrong on a lot of them, but it's my opinion. So I feel it's where we pick. And you know, I th- I think that this is why the NFL is so much fun because they're uh, more often than not we all agree on who the top teams are, but the two things we don't agree on are. Well, one, the rest of the NFL, and two, where those teams are put in terms of rankings. And that's why I think it's a lot of fun to do rankings and discuss these things as well. So now we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna finish off the show with uh, pals picks without my pal. Uh, and then I'm gonna do a friend's fortune and we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. So can I do this without him? <clears throat> now it's time for. Pals picks. Oh yeah. That may have been the worst pals pick drop or the best. I don't know. I can't decide. Let me know. <laughs> Please, if you were gonna leave this show a five star review and that 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 
slashed a couple stars off for you, please just just ignore that it happened, delete it from your memory, and give us that five star review anyway. All right, so Josh has all the scorekeeping, so I don't know exactly where we lay. I know that I had a rough week, and I know that I'm a couple games behind for now. That we're both 500 or above, which is impressive for us because you know that we struggle with that because we give each other all these hard games. But it was my turn to give him games first, and I really wanted to avoid this first game that I gave him. So I gave him Browns at Titans because I did not want that trap of the Browns game. Then I gave him Lions at Bears, which I think is an interesting matchup. And then I gave him Patriots at Chargers. So Josh took the Titans at home against the Browns. And I I expect this game to be really close. I don't expect this to be one where the Browns get crushed because it's a tougher opponent. Uh, I think that both these teams are going to try to grind it out. It's going to come down to which quarterback plays better. And right now, Josh has the Titans doing that. So he's got the Titans at home. And then Lions and Bears... uh, he does not see that coach got fired boost for the Detroit Lions, so he's picking the Bears to bounce back. Uh, I don't know how I picked this game. Obviously, I gave him these three games because I want to try to trip him up and give him hard games. Uh, so I don't know how I feel about the Bears. I, I like them better with Mitch Trubisky instead of Nick Foles. Uh, Josh agrees this week. And then the Patriots at the Chargers. Josh is going to go with the Chargers, and this is the one that surprised me. I think I probably would lean Patriots in this one uh, just because of coaching, but I I don't hate it. I Justin Herbert, obviously rookie sensation sweeping the nation, has been fantastic. Uh, probably locked in as rookie of the year now, especially that Joe Burrow went down. Uh, but... Interesting pick. So Josh is going to go two home teams, Titans beating the Browns, Chargers beating the Patriots. Actually, he's going all home teams because the Bears are also at home. So he's going Titans, Bears, and Chargers against the Browns, Lions, and Patriots, respectively, all at home. Now, the three games that Josh gave me, number one, Saints at Falcons. This one is tough for me because of my affinity for the Falcons, and he gave it to me last week, and I said, I'm not falling into that trap. And I fell into the trap because I didn't pick the Falcons. So... I'm cursed. I can't pick Falcons games correctly. I'm just going to go ahead and pick the Saints because they're ranked higher for me. And we're going to pray. Moving on. The Rams at the Cardinals. This is a fun game. Uh, the Cardinals are reeling now. They they were riding the high after that overtime victory against the Arizona Cardinals, and then they had the Hail Mary against Buffalo, and it was like, whoa, Arizona, and then they've kind of gotten beat up a little bit, and they lost a really big slugfest against the New England Patriots, uh, lost in a last-second field goal against them last week to put them at 6-5, and five. and if they fall to 6-6, six and six, they're going to be in real danger, and I think that they do. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Like I said, they're going to bounce back after getting punched in the mouth by the 49ers, and I, I really believe in this team still, so... The Rams are going to get it done against the Cardinals on the road. Uh, Colts at Texans. This is, I think, this would be a fun game. Obviously, we said Deshaun Watson playing some of his best football. I think the, I think the Colts are a little bit embarrassed about how they were handled by the Titans last week. So, so I feel pretty confident that Philip Rivers and this this trio of running backs gets it done. Michael Pittman Jr., the wrong young rookie, looking really good, coming on strong, and uh, T.Y. Hilton's actually looked better recently. So, so the, the, the Colts remind me of like, of like vintage. Pats, right? They've got a really good coaching staff. They've got an old quarterback who can go downfield when he needs to, but for the most part is a, involved in the quick passing game. They've got a handful of backs that can get it done in multiple different ways. They've got a handful of tight ends that can get it done. 
Uh, and uh, they lack a little bit on the outside, but they've got a, like one or two guys that Philip likes to go to. So I mean, and they've got a great defense that turns the ball over. So they remind me a lot of that kind of team, and that's a big reason why I picked them to to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, I don't feel as confident about that this so this late in the season as I did at the beginning, but they were my pick. And I think that they have the pieces to get it done. And I think they're just going to handle business here. So I'm going all road teams and Josh is going all home teams. So I'm going Saints, Rams, and Colts against the Falcons, Cardinals, and Texans. All road warrior victories. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it for this episode of Simultaneous Catch. Uh, I'm going to do a, a friend's fortune here. Uh, so let it be known, Josh, if you're listening. Stop listening right now for the next 30 seconds when I say go, and then you can come back and listen to the end of the episode, okay? All right, friends, fortune heading into, like I said, I believe week 13. How many times? I should look this up so that I sound smart. Uh, Yes, heading into week 13. I was smart. I just doubted myself. I need to believe in myself more. It's always my problem. Crickets. All right, so... Heading into week 13, uh, Adam still has yet to nail a friend's fortune, which causes me a lot of pain. <laughs> but we're going to let's, – let's get on the board the week that uh, the week that Josh is not here. So Monday Night Football, Buffalo Bills traveling to San Francisco. Buffalo has lost four straight games on Monday night. Uh, it's been rough, and the 49ers have been really good lately. I'm going to say that Josh Allen is going to have four or more total touchdowns in this game in a victory for the Buffalo Bills. Simple, straight to the point, four or more total touchdowns for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to get their, to break their four-game losing streak on Monday Night Football to win. Okay, welcome back, Joshua. Thanks for Thanks for taking that little hiatus for me. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening to this episode. I don't know if it's weird for you know our normal listeners to not hear Josh and I. I know that I really think that the magic of our show is the connection that Josh and I have and the banter that we have back and forth. Uh, but you know, we both have background in radio and broadcasting uh, for a while is what we both wanted to do with our careers, and obviously we've both taken a little bit different paths from there. But you know. We enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. It, we take pride in what we do. We think that we have a good product. So we want to challenge ourselves a little bit and also, you know, give us our birthday weeks off and not have to worry about putting together a show. So thank you all for listening so much. Uh, I, I Let's see if I have any any tidbits. I, I do have some tidbits. Forgot this. Uh, let's do some tidbits here. Uh, Denver. Uh, for, so, <laughs> since 1998, it's the first team to have more interceptions than completions. <laughs> Two interceptions to one completion. Sorry, Kendall Hinton. You held them there valiantly. Cleveland uh, snapped a 12-game losing season record streak this uh, this past week when they won their eighth game. So, kudos to Cleveland, man, and Kevin Stefanski for turning that around. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers this past week, Losing to Buffalo 27-17. It's their first loss all season by more than one possession, being by 10. Uh, pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Philadelphia has not scored 30 points this season. Has not scored 30 points in the season where everybody's scoring 30 and 40 points. The only other team to not score 30 points, you guessed it, 
your favorite team, the New York Jets, who should fire Adam Gase very soon. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to Simultaneous Catch. Uh, my name is Adam Jeffrey Rossi. Joshua Thomas Lapping, newly minted 27-year-old. We'll be back next week. Uh, should be a fun one. We'll be previewing the huge Buffalo matchup against Pittsburgh two days before my birthday. Uh, it'll be fun. Uh, I've got one shout-out for today. It goes out to my two sisters, two of my favorite people in the world, Allison and Emily Rossi. Uh, they wrote a Christmas song called Unexpected King. It is on the Grace Church Christmas album that you can find on Spotify. And the shout-out is it's going to be played on local Erie Radio, WCTL, on a rotation for the holidays starting on December 10th. So make sure you tune in to 106.3 WCTL to listen to Adam's two amazingly wonderful, talented, beautiful sisters, Allison and Emily, and their new song for the holidays, Unexpected King. Thank you for listening to Simultaneous Catch, everybody. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. Have a great week, 13, and God bless.